Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Um, We're glad to see you. Well, the CARES Act 1 has expired, (laughs) Um, so that eviction moratorium has kind of ended. There are some localities and states that are carrying it further and longer, Um, but with that being said, as landlords, it's time that we kind of get some ways to protect our rents because, look, this happened out of nowhere. And who knows what could happen again. So if nothing else, let's let's learn how to um, at least protect ourselves during these unforeseen circumstances. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, collecting rent has been a challenge for a lot of landlords over the last four months, you know, partially because the unemployment rate has been so high. Right. Um, and you've got their, the CARES Act did prevent evictions on a lot of properties. So that some landlords were stuck with tenants that weren't paying rents. Right. And then, like you said, Danny, a lot of states and cities declared their own eviction moratoriums. So we're going to talk today about ways that landlords can protect their rental income, even during this pandemic, which doesn't seem to be going away. I mean, you know, we were talking about it three months ago. We're still talking about it now. We were, you know, I think we were all hoping that by this time, it, you know, things would have eased up a little bit, but here we are. So, Denny, let's talk first about what you can do before even signing a lease with a tenant to ensure or to get the best possible odds of being able to collect your rent. Well, I mean, the obvious is tenant screening, but it's not just tenant screening. I mean, so many people do this and they still do it. And there's so much advice out there saying don't just do this, but it's done anyway. But tenant screening is more than just credit, criminal and eviction reports, Um, although they are important. um, Starting point. Right. And pay, pay attention you know, you're going to get a lot of stories. Somebody is going to tell you that, oh, in 2000, whatever, I did this. And that's why that happened. And, um, but be careful because, you know, you're, this is, you want to make sure you're going to get your rent. That's the name of the game. So you need to be very, um, precise when you're looking at them and be very choosy. Um, the other thing is you want to contact employers. Don't just go by what they're writing down. Um, Contact the employer, see if you can talk to somebody in HR, find out how long that person has been there. Uh, if you are running to somebody who hasn't been in that particular, um, you know, job for too long, see where they've been before, check the prior employers and make sure it's kind of the same field so that you don't see a job hopping kind of path going on here. Yeah, and you want to verify their income as well, right? Um, and and ensure that it uh, aligns with what they reported on their rental application. So, you know, someone could say on their rental application that they make ten thousand dollars a month, but if their pay subs say that they make five thousand dollars a month, then there's a missing five thousand dollars there that 
you know, you, you got to figure out where that's coming from if it exists at all. So, yeah. And if so there's going to be a lie somewhere, you don't want it to be there and you don't want to be anywhere. So if you start to see something that's not lining up, that don't, don't take the chance because you, you will, you will have a, a problem later. Everybody says, nah, this one, you know, they just ran through hard times and there are people that have that, but they'll be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk to an applicant's employer, see if you can talk to their direct supervisor as well and ask, you know, what kind of worker are they? How conscientious are they? Do they show up on time every day for work? Are they a pleasure to work with? Are they trustworthy? Are they reliable? And, you know, the supervisor doesn't have, they're not legally obligated to answer those questions for you, but many times they will. Right. Uh, so, you know, it just, it makes a good character reference for how reliable and conscientious the, uh, the renter is. Absolutely. And then, of course, you want to contact their current and prior landlords. I would go as far as driving by their current residence. That's going to let you know how well they take care of a property. Um, look for little clues when they come to see your place. Um, look at their cars. That is like a number one. If you see somebody that doesn't take very well care of their car, they're probably not going to take too good care of your apartment or your rental. So be careful with that. Um, and the biggest is see how their children behave. I have <laughs> this has come so true for me. <laughs> Seriously, I I have shown a house or a rental, and the kids were like running all over the place and touching things and just. There was no supervision at all. And I guarantee you that those same parents are going to be in your rental and you're going to have complaints from neighbors if you have them or they're just going to be ripping stuff off walls or whatever. So be careful to see how the parents are dealing with the children while they're running around looking at the place too. And what about you, Brian? you have any other additional tips? Well, yeah, as far as sunscreen, you, you touched on going by their home to take a look at their home. And I, I just want to expand on that point a little bit that that's a great opportunity for you to, you know, find an excuse to go visit them at their home. And, and this should be the last thing you do, by the way, if everything else checks out, because this obviously takes uh, some of your time, you have to go out of your way to, to go visit their home, but find an excuse to meet them at their home. Maybe it's just to walk through the lease agreement, uh, but take a look at how they treat their current home because that's how they will treat your property. Mm -hmm. So if it's a total mess, if there is dirty food all over the kitchen and the living room, uh, you know, if they have clothes strewn everywhere and toys strewn everywhere and it's just dirty and messy, that is what they're going to do to your property. So you can, you can see a perfect crystal ball of exactly what they're going to do in your house if you go and see their current house. So. And the only other thing that um, just struck me is with these type of issues like this pandemic that just came up, it um, and obviously you can't, not every renter is going to have a great savings account, but it isn't bad to find out or ask for bank statements to have proof that they do have money saved up so that if God forbid something like this happens or it is happening, that they're going to have backup. So you're not going to hear, sorry, you know, I have no, I have no rent and yeah. <laughs> no financially stable people have an emergency fund mm -hmm. of at least one month's worth of expenses in it, preferably more like two, three, four, you know, even six, but that, that is just a fact. Financially stable people have an emergency fund and people who don't have an emergency fund, that's a red flag that they are not 
they're, they're not very financially secure. Right. Well, so one, so we did include a link to uh, where you can run tenant screening reports uh, for applicants, you know, credit reports, criminal reports, and nationwide eviction reports. Uh, so we listed that in the comments. Uh, Denny, anything else you want to touch on when it comes to tenant screening and avoiding unstable renters or unreliable just, renters? Uh, just pretty much what we said and hold on to the rental applications because that has a lot of information you can use for collection later on. Absolutely. To us yeah, about- moving on from uh, from tenant screening, one of the other things you can do for your uh, to incentivize your tenants to pay their rent on time once they've already moved in is you can obviously you can and should charge late fees, but beyond late fees, you should also uh, report their rent payments to the credit bureaus because it adds another layer of incentive for them to pay the rent on time. So it rewards them for paying their rent on time and it penalizes them for paying the rent late uh, or you know if they have to be evicted, if there's a charge off, all of that gets reported to the credit bureaus and hurts their credit. So, you know, it's both a carrot and a stick to incentivize your tenants to pay their rent on time. And for a tenant that eventually, many are looking to eventually buy a home, that's even, you know, more of a plus. I mean, they'll leave you eventually, but at least, you know, they'll pay their rent while they're with you. Yeah. And, you know, I've actually found that when you're screening tenants, Check and see how they react when you offer to report their rent payments to the credit bureaus because reliable people will be excited about that. They're like, oh, great. That's a chance for me to improve my credit. Unreliable people will freak out about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so how they react when you tell them that you will be reporting their rent payments to the credit bureaus, if they react positively, it means that they they know they, they are someone who pays their bills on time, and they are relishing the opportunity to improve their credit even more. Someone who does not always pay their bills on time, they're going to get a little nervous about that. Right. So, and uh, Tara's, Tara's remarking here that we, we finish each other's sentences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, we've known each other for 12 years now. We've known each other for a wow. long time. Has it so, been that long? Wow. It, it has been that long, since 2008. So... Man. So as for where you can report with your rent payments to the credit bureaus, it's something we will be offering. Uh, we're, we are going to be relaunching our online rent collection service over the next month or two, uh, hopefully, <laughs> inshallah, as they say. Um, and we will be adding that as a feature that is free for landlords uh, reporting the rent payments to the credit bureaus. Right. So. Absolutely. So let's talk about rent default insurance. Um, there's a lot of polar opposite feelings about this. So tell, tell, just go into a little bit about what it is, Brian, because a lot of people don't know. Sure. So rent default insurance is exactly what it sounds like. You are taking out an insurance policy <clears throat> that guarantees that the tenants will pay the rent. And if the tenants default on the rent, then you file a claim with the insurance company and the insurance company steps in and pays the rent on their behalf until you have them evicted. So you don't suffer any loss in rental income. Even during a pandemic. Yeah. So you, you insure your rental income, basically you you insure against losses, which is, I think is great. I have used rent default insurance before 
And I got to tell you, Denny, the people who don't understand what, you know, why anyone would buy rent default insurance, those are landlords who have never had tenants default on them. <laughs> so Probably. they should count themselves lucky because, I mean, as someone who has had many tenants default on them, uh, you know, I own some, some lower end rental properties in Baltimore City and struggled with rent defaults in those neighborhoods. Uh, I got to tell you, it is such a load off your shoulders when you know that even if the tenant doesn't pay the rent, you will still get your, your rent check no matter what. So. And there's, you know, you know, you say, oh, well, we're screening and we're going to report rent payments. So why do we need this? But this is a lot of protection also for good tenants that have bad things happen, you know, like health issues. And um, because let's face it, that could happen and it could. Yeah, like it's not just for the savings. <laughs> yeah, not for just, yeah, absolutely. Not just not. for deadbeats. So um, it's an extra layer of protection. Yeah. So Christina asked here, uh, is it expensive, the rent default insurance? And um, it's not expensive. It typically costs between $350 and $500 a year. Uh, the amount of the, the annual premium depends on the amount of the rent. So the higher the rent, the higher the premium, as one might expect. So, uh, Christina, we added a link there in the, the comments where you can go and get a quote for rent default insurance. You can check it out. Um, she also asked about requirements. Do they ask for documents? So they, they ask for a copy of the lease agreement. Mm -hmm. They ask for a copy of the tenant screening reports and uh, a copy of the rental application, I believe. And I think, I think that's it. Denny, uh, can you think of any other documentation that they ask for? I believe that's it too. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. And um, yeah, so she says, thanks, Denny. Um, <laughs> yeah, so rent default insurance, you know, I can't speak highly enough about it. It is worth every penny. And, you know, if nothing else, you get to, to go to sleep at night knowing that you're going to get your rent come hell or high water, right? And frankly, if you're evaluating your property and you're evaluating the costs, you throw those costs in there and you're still going to be okay, right? Yeah. So build it into your cash flow analysis when you're looking at properties. You just build that in as an expense when you're, when you're running the numbers in a rental cash flow calculator, and, um, which we have a free one of those, uh, which I will uh, put a quick link to here. Denny, is there anything else that landlords need to know about protecting their um, protecting their rental income, especially during tumultuous times like this? Well, I just think, you know, using a, a good, strong landlord protective lease that spells out everything so the landlord knows what and where they can go. I mean, even with an eviction moratorium, that just means the eviction itself is on hold, but that doesn't mean the procedures and the things that you have to do until that point are on hold. And if you have a good lease that spells that out and you follow those protocols, you're actually protecting yourself. And when these things are lifted, you're ready to go. So I think that's probably Yeah, it. a lot of landlords underestimate the importance of a, a very protective lease agreement. Um, you know, a, a protective lease agreement for landlords can mean the difference between being able to deduct from the security deposit. Uh, it can be the difference between being able to collect from each of the, the tenants individually. Uh, I mean, there are a million clauses that um, 
that good landlord protective lease agreements include. And of course we offer those on our website, but we're not the only people that, that sell, you know, landlord protective lease agreements. Uh, we do have a question here from Denisa. Uh, she says, what about if I didn't do the credit report to the tenants, uh, will the insurance, uh, will she be able to get insurance? Uh, Denny, do you know the answer to that question? I, I'm assuming you mean they're a tenant in place and you want to start it up after you already accepted them. Um, I think they would take that on a case-by-case basis. I would uh, go ahead and go to the link and let them know all that. Um, they have, yeah, there's different scenarios and answers for each. But for and the Denisa, most part, they're going to want to see some type of credit. Yeah, and, you know, it's never too late to run uh, these background checks on a tenant, even if they, uh, they're already living with you. So that is a, uh, a possibility as well. If you're interested in getting rent default insurance and if you talk to them and they do require those background checks, then yeah, you could just run them now. So absolutely. All right. Well, Denny, anything else you want to comment on before we wrap this up? Just one thing, you know, I know we talk a lot about protecting ourselves against tenants and, and most tenants are pretty good. And it's, I've seen a lot of goodness come out of this pandemic. I've seen landlords going out of their way to help tenants. And I've seen tenants genuinely try to do what they can, even if, if they're on in a bad situation. So um, we have this landlord group of 30,000. And sometimes we hear the horrific stories. But I, we also, there are a ton of amazing stories as well of just good humanity. I had to add that in there. That's it. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, it's good to remember, you know, it's all too easy to fall into the, the trap of thinking about landlord-tenant relationships as being combative. Uh, but, you know, when done right, this, this should not be a combative relationship. It should be a cooperative relationship uh, between a, a service provider and a client. So Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, let us know what you guys want us to talk about next week. You know, this is uh, this is more about you guys than it is about us. So, yes. you know, send us you can send us messages on Facebook. You can uh, send us emails through our website. We have a contact page on the website uh, or just email me or Denny. You know, we're we are emails are out there. Brian at sparkrunnel.com, Denise at sparkrunnel.com. And let us know what you want to hear more about and have a great week. See you later. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.